the Not Great Parents podcast. I am Not Great Parent Molly, and this is my co-host, Not Great Parent Nathan. Yes, and I, you sound not great. I like am that. not great. I'm not really good either. <laughs> I've been true. sick. Uh, we went on vacation, and yep. you know, picked up something along the way. Yeah, that's how so. it goes. But you're good enough because we were behind on recording to say, hey. Let's try and knock Let's try something to knock out. Something out yeah. So if it sounds at any point like Molly doped up on on uh, it's probably cold because and, I am. Yeah, cold and sinus medication. That might be the reason. And so anything she says that upsets you or, or you disagree you, with, <laughs> just go ahead and chalk it up to that. Yeah, anything I it, say, you can also chalk up to that. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> Nathan is responsible for anything that comes out of either one of our mouths. Today. Oh wow! Now I'm somehow responsible that? for you. No, you're not. <laughs> Very good. But anyway, so so on this podcast, we talk about what it means to be a not great parent, and uh, what do we mean in particular when we say? Well, when we say that we want to be not great parents, we want to be parents that don't chase after what the world defines as great. So that means busyness, success as the world defines it, money, experiences, all of those different things that we are striving to be parents who raise our children and define our families around the goodness that God has outlined for us in his words. And so we'd probably say that we're not great parents. Yes. Yeah. And I think often when it comes to what we're talking about in this series, parenting makes me crazy. Yeah. Uh, When we talk about things like mental health, I think often for people, um, what greatness looks like is this idea of I'm going to live a life uh, where I never feel down. Right. Or I never feel a little bit of you know, I, anxiety is such a loaded word these days. I but, never feel overwhelmed, or I never yeah, feel... or any kind of concern about a, anything. Out of control in any way. It's like or, I'm constantly living on cold and sinus medication. <laughs> it's like you're living my life. I'm just doped up it's all a great the day. time. <laughs> feeling, but I do think people think that. I think they think the goal is um, I could get to a place, and a lot of people use therapy this way, but a lot of people use faith this way. Like, mm-hmm. God should make it where what a joyful, peaceful life is. Well, and we've said in previous episodes, frictionless. Frictionless life. That what they think it means is that nothing really bothers me too much. Nothing really makes me too sad or too upset. One of my girls said, I asked them the other day because they were feeling upset about something. And I said, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And I said, something about, are you feeling sad? And they said, yes. And I said, why does that make you upset? And they go, because I don't want to feel sad. And I said, "Why?" I, this is just how I am. I said, what a terrible life that would be if you never felt sad. <laughs> yes. And they were like, what? You know, and I said, and I think all of us would understand there are things in this life that should make me sad. Right. When I see, I was just at a, a meeting right before we filmed this. In fact, I do feel a little loopy because the meeting was very heavy. I was at a, uh, a meeting with pastors in here in our community uh, that are talking about the problem of racism in Uh our world, in our county, how the church can kind of step into that. And when you listen to stories from people who've experienced racism firsthand, you know, people are, Molly would have had a even harder time than me. I'm a big feeler. Molly Molly feels everyone else's feelings. I would have taken on every feeling in that room. You know, people are crying and I'm moved. I'm very moved, but I hadn't cried yet. And I just thought the whole time I was like, oh, I've got to film this podcast. And if Molly was here, she wouldn't be able to film it. She wouldn't be able to film it. Maybe if I had enough of this cold medication, but most likely not because I am very empathetic. The (laughs) conversation we had there is when when I read 
you know, we read a story uh, mm -hmm. that was really powerful. And then another, per you know, several people shared their personal life experience uh, of racism because these were both uh, black and white pastors who were meeting mm -hmm. together to talk about this. And so when they're sharing their stories, if that does not lead you to some kind of emotion similar something. to sadness. Yeah, something that uh, you feel. You know, I would say, oh, wow, something's not not right that I can't feel that sadness. So we're not looking for a life where you never feel sad. No. Or that you never feel concerned. My daughters just went and had a, a karate belt test. Have I told you this? Oh, no. I knew they were doing karate. But okay. I didn't know that they had gone into testing. Oh, they did levels. their belt test. And, and one of my daughters, now to an extreme, this would be, you know, well, this is not the way we want to handle it. She had trouble sleeping for three nights before because she was just anxious uh, about the test. And I said to her, I said, you know, you don't need to be this anxious. And she said, and one of my daughters goes, you shouldn't even feel nervous at all. And I said, well. It's okay to feel nervous. I said, it is an appropriate thing when something really matters to you and you want to do well, that you feel a little bit of this emotion Right. That feels that feels like anxiety, whether you call it anxiety or excitement. But hers wasn't like I'm excited to do this. It's like I kind of want to get this out of the way. Yeah. Because I'm 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 concerned about how I will do. Do I want a life where I never feel like something matters so much that I feel a little muted bit muted to everything, or that I go and you know at, you know if you if I mean we're both married not to each other but no <laughs> but we're both married right and when when you ask. Uh, you know, your your girlfriend to marry you. Oh, you yeah. want your heart to beat a little fast. Like you want those moments. So the goal is not that I never feel a range of emotions. No, no. It's that you don't feel them consume you in that yes. scenario. You Three do not, days of not sleeping right. is not appro necessarily appropriate for the karate test. Correct. Or that I would not allow my, and I like the way you said consume, the emotion Mm -hmm. does not become my identity. There you go. That I do not, because I think that's the struggle for those of us who have struggled with depression. I didn't realize until I went to a counselor that I struggled with depression. I, I just, have bouts of it myself. I it just is. never, I never knew. I didn't know, oh, that's what that's called. Uh-huh. I was uh, always like, oh, I'm a half glass full person, so I yes. can't have that. Well, I always saw <laughs> it as, and this is the part where he kind of explained it to me, the depressive mindset I had, it was that it became my general outlook on life. Okay. It's not, hey, when I'm sad because a sad thing happened. Right. Right? If you lose someone you love. It was just a state of being you were in. Right. It's, I'm sad and nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. I'm just, or for me, it wasn't sad. It was, I'm angry all the time because I have such a negative outlook on everything. I was identifying with the anger. Okay. I was making decisions because of the anger. Right. I was, it was becoming my general outlook. It or, was consuming you to some yes, extent, whether it, you were aware of it or not. Yes. And so great parents and great people uh -huh. are trying to pursue this frictionless life where nothing makes me sad, nothing gets me too worked up, nothing whatever. And that's not really what the goodness of God is. The goodness of God is I'm a full human being uh -huh. who feels a full range of emotions. Right. But I'm able to, and this is the way I, I, I say it to myself and I try to say it to my kids is I meet God in that emotion. Mm -hmm. So when I feel sadness or disappointment, you meet God there. I come to God and I say, God, this is what I'm disappointed about. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's something like racism or, or the struggles of someone that I love that I look at and God, this is right that I'm upset about this. 
and I meet God there and I say, God, what do you feel about this? Right. And God, what, what are you calling me to do? And God, what can you do about this that I can't do? But then other times, I'm disappointed. And the reason why is because I had an uh, unrealistic expectation of people in my life. Yeah, common. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And then I come to God and say, I'm really disappointed he didn't do this. Or I'm mm. really disappointed she didn't do this. And when I pray and talk with God, I go, can you help me to see this from their point of view? God, can you, whatever right, it is, whatever right? Whatever it is. But I want to be able to feel the whole range of emotions. God, that's why, that's why I told my daughters about the karate test, you know. God, I, I really want to do a good job, and I'm nervous that I won't. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, God, make me do a good job, right. which is what most of us do. Right. You go to God and say, this is where I'm at. Yes. And how would you want me to move yeah. forward in this? Well, and would you help me... Because we're doing it together with God. So it's asking Him into your emotions, saying, "Here's where this is what I'm feeling, and God comes alongside with you to work through that. In the sermon on Sunday, the thing I talked about is often when we talk about the Holy Spirit, that was the point of the sermon was we often treat the Holy Spirit as if He's here to do stuff for us, right? But the right. the ultimate goal is union with God. Right. That when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, He talked about it in terms of we live, that the, that, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, exist in this community of love. And the goal of life is that Jesus says, just as I am in the Father and the Father is in me, you too can be in me as I am in the Father. He's inviting us into this community of love. So that's the goal. The goal is not to have a frictionless life. The goal is to have life with God. Right, which encompasses all those things. Right, and the goal is in every moment, as I'm filming this podcast and I'm talking with Molly, and I'm 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 feeling guilty for 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 (laughs) for what (laughs) all all different all different things that have happened. As you start to, as you start to, <laughs> wow, we are we are both we are both barely making. Do it you this have? Episode. Are you taking my medicine too? I don't know what's going. All right. on. No, but I know what you mean. As we're sitting here, no matter what feelings we're having, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring God into this moment. Right. I want God to be a part of whatever this is. But the problem for many of us is, I am trying to get God to fix the situation, and so most of my prayers are. God, help me do well on my belt test. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always used to think that when my brother played baseball and, you know, he played on a Christian baseball team, yes. which what all that Christian means. Christian travel team means that they just didn't play on Sunday. Yes, it means they don't play on Sunday and that they have to pray before the game starts. Oh. And what they have to pray is help us win this game. As if the other team is not praying the same oh, thing. Gosh. Which one's God going to, and is it a sign of God's approval that when your so team wins. the undefeated wins, team is in God's favor. Right. <laughs> Instead of praying. God do that, or even the thing people try try and trick God into is God help me do my best. Oh, yeah. Which still means I want to win. Yes. What if I pray, God, I really want to do well on this. God, would you help me to be okay with whatever happens? Yeah. God, would you help me to maybe, you know, play in such a way that I honor you in everything I do? If I can bring God into it. That's a different goal. That's a good goal for my life. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to our mental health 
and when it comes to our parenting and our own mental health, we have to be able to meet God in whatever is going on mentally Mm -hmm. with us, emotionally with us. Yeah, good and bad. I mean, I think we often go in the bad, right? Things we perceive as bad for a rescue. And when things are good, we maybe do a quick thanks or, you know, hey, God, thanks for making it the way I wanted it. Yes. But really, we should be having an invitation to him at all times to invite him into, into wherever we're at. So in our last episode, we talked about feelings and identifying our feelings. I know I talked about how I'm not very good at identifying my feelings sometimes. I think we all struggle. And so, yeah, I think that's pretty common. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about what that looks like in our lives, where we have a hard time identifying that. And then let's move on to kind of how we can identify them. So for me, it often looks like uh, I am feeling a lot of things. I have yet to identify what they are. And so I feel like I'm at a boiling point, not necessarily anger, not necessarily, it could be, I am, I'm just feeling maxed out and I haven't identified what it is that's making me feel that way. So I often am sort of sitting at this point, waiting for something to trigger me or to push me over that edge. I think often for parents, what it is that triggers us and sends us over the edge is I was, I, was, I was not actually talking to a parent about this. I was talking to a church leader about this. And I was saying to them, when you start to lead, um, you don't just care about the people that you're leading the ministry for. Like if for you, right. you're a children's pastor. And so, you know, you get into it because you want to help children come to love Jesus. Right. But, and so that's your kind of first audience. But then when you become the children's pastor, you have all, all these, these volunteers. And families and parents. That's and- right. And the volunteers also care about the the children but what happens is they have frustrations with the kids or whatever it is and you have your own frustration just with like leading people yes but then you as the leader start to take on their frustrations uh-huh. and their frustrations it becomes like a pressure cooker it actually pushes your frustration you don't just stay with what frustrates mm-hmm. you their frustrations push you up and i think with parenting it's the same thing which is you already have ordinary stresses of going to work, right. dealing with, you know, your friends and, you know, if you're married, your spouse and, you know, there's conflict that comes with all of those. All and, the responsibilities of just being an adult and a parent yes, and just, making sure yeah, that you're financial finan- stuff. Yes. Or planning for future things. So all of that's this level of stress. Right. And then you have these kids and the older they get, they start having their own stress. And you, and especially the more of a feeler you are. Yes, the empathetic feeler. Yes, you start to take on their stress and it it becomes the thing that takes you over the edge. And so what often happens, I notice with myself, I notice a lot with my wife, she very much takes on other people's mm-hmm. emotions. You, the reason it's hard to untangle all of that is because your stress, your feelings, get tangled up with their stress and their feelings. Plus, you've got past hurts and past experiences that are all weaved into that. And the way I I heard someone recently talk about um, this idea is they said, our world is so busy. We're constantly moving. And it's almost like, you know, if you take a bottle like this, it's just like your life is just constantly getting stirred up and shaken up. And the example he used was he took 
a bottle of water that had been taken from a uh, like a lake okay. or something like a, I think it was so kind of grimy looking maybe yes and you know it has all that sediment in it and he goes you know when you shake up a bottle like this this is clear water you can't see it hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> when you shake it up you know you don't see it right away but when you put it down it takes a long time for all that sediment to settle at the bottom right and what he said was most of us live in such a way whatever junk we're carrying around with us it never settles mm -hmm. unless we will get quiet and still long enough to allow everything to settle. And then I can start to kind of sort out what is it I'm really upset about. Which is really hard to do often when you're stirred up about something. You yes. know, when we're stirred up or we're in a moment and our emotions high, um, that is often the time we want to bypass doing that. Yes. Especially because... Sometimes the still and the quiet is hard. I mean, yes. it's, it's... I think it's hard because I all that stuff is settling. it's very hard. Yeah, it's all settling. And it requires you to actually focus on it. In our world, it is so e easy in this busy world and with everything being shaken up to kind of avoid whatever it is that's feeling uncomfortable or whatever and just go get busy doing something else. <laughs> well, and I think in particular... If I think that the goal of life is to not feel down, yes. not feel stressed, I don't want to get quiet because what I'm going to feel more of is more down, mm -hmm. more stressed. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you're not feeling it because it's all still in there. Right. But on the surface, if I can just stay busy, it's, there's lots of energy, there's lots of movement. Right. I don't have to think about it. But the moment I get quiet, the moment I try to go to sleep, uh -huh. the moment I have all these things, well, now I'm having trouble sleeping. Now I'm having all these different things because... All that stuff is settling. Yes. And I don't want to have to think about it. I think about in the Bible when Jesus, um, when Lazarus died, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, he wept, right? Yes. The best, best verse in the Bible because yeah, it's Jesus only... Jesus wept. Jesus wept. We can all memorize it. But here is somebody who came to show us how to deal with emotions right. on among and many other things, right? And didn't probably have to, right. you know? And instead... You know, could have potentially changed the course of what happened there, yet allowed it to happen and gave an example right. and didn't run from the feeling, just sat there and felt the feeling and right. wept. And we, you know, for me, it's easy to try to run away from a bad feeling. But right. I think if we look and we have this great example of that was his best friend, like that would have been incredibly painful, but yet he was, he allowed himself to feel all those feelings. Well, and I think when you talk about that, so you talk about that's one aspect is we see this kind of in the heat of the moment, Jesus is emotionally present and aware right. enough to just allow his feelings, all that sediment to bubble up to the right. surface because he's not, he's not afraid of weeping right. in the middle of the problem. But that comes about because, and there's several times. I was going to say, he doesn't explode. There's an, he allows himself to appropriately feel that and... Yes. But that's not some superhuman thing no. that Jesus is doing. I think that's the way we often think about it is, you know, you look at Jesus on trial, right? Where they're accusing him. We just had this in our On Mission group where we read that. Right. And one of the things was like, what's the truth you, you took from this? And I said, you know, Jesus is on trial. They're accusing him of all horrible kinds of things. Horrible. And he won't even respond, which is so bizarre to me. Because I'm the kind of person that like you say something that's a uh -huh. little... And I'm like going to correct inaccurate. it, yes. I suddenly feel like I have to correct whatever the thing is, you know, that's going on. Right. Jesus is able to stay within himself for the sake of uh, 
of the other person because there are all these moments throughout the, the Gospels where Jesus goes and it'll say he, he went away to a solitary place right. or he went away to the wilderness. The word is aramos, which doesn't just mean wilderness. It means the lonely place. Mm. That Jesus, it's the same words that, he, that are, are used when it says that Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted. Mm. It's also the same kind of description that gets used right before he goes to the cross that Jesus right. goes off to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he has to go be alone. Right. And it's because Jesus needed these moments. I mean, Jesus had an incredibly busy life. That Constantly in the gospel, said they're just bringing sick people Constant. to him, bringing people to be healed. And Jesus occasionally would get away from them. Right. Because he goes, I need to go be with my father in the Aramos, in the quiet, mm. lonely place. And that's what gave Jesus the ability to be emotionally, physically, spiritually present. And most of us, what I want when I'm really stressed and my kid is having a meltdown is mm -hmm. I want to be emotionally present with them. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to sit and go, hey, this isn't as big of a deal. Right. And I'm here with you and I love you and you can cry as much as you need to and I'll help you do it. Isn't that what we want from our father? Yes. <laughs> but what happens is when I'm up here all the time, uh -huh. and what happens is I was at work and someone made a comment about something I did, and I never really addressed it, but I took a little bit of bitterness with that. And then my spouse brought up something I didn't do right, and I felt a little insecure. Mm -hmm. And that insecurity brought back some feelings I have about my dad or my mom, and that comes into the mix. And see, all these things are piling on top of each other, and I don't know that those things are happening. And then all of a sudden, my kid, I'm trying to get my kid to in and out of the grocery store, and they're exhausted, and they are screaming and crying, right, because they left a teddy bear in the car. <laughs> they have one thing after the next. And yeah. then all I, all I can muster up in that moment is, will you shut up? All you ever do is whine about the smallest thing, which yeah. is not what I want to do. It's because I've been carrying all that other stuff. And yeah. the person I want to be is the person who can untangle all those knots. Right. So when you when we're talking about Jesus and him going off and doing things, right. I think of it as Jesus was doing the work, right? Right. And we always say they were doing the work. So yes. Jesus was doing the work, not... Not And to him, it probably wasn't in that moment, but he was making sure that that was the number one priority. He was connected to his father so that he could then address whatever scenario he was in. Yeah. So let's talk about how we can do the work or how we, yeah. can, as parents, can stay connected with our father so that we come into different scenarios prepared yeah. and we have trained ourselves to be able yeah. to handle these things. So I think it does begin with we too have to go off to the lonely place, the, the quiet place. <laughs> no one wants to do that. And I think it needs to be fairly regular. Um, uh, yeah. The best thing that ever happened in my life when I went to counseling, it wasn't even just what the counselor said. There was a lot of helpful things yes. that they said that helped me. What became clear to me in that moment was I did not know what I was feeling and I thought I did. Mm -hmm. All he really, the thing he mostly made clear to me was you don't know yourself as well as you think you do. Mm -hmm. And I'd been, at that time, very lucky to um, be in a college course that was about the Psalms. 
And I read several books about praying through the Psalms and this idea of just going off and kind of being honest with God and praying through that. And I read this book in not that time, it was a little later, but I had set up during that time this long extended quiet time. And this was before my kids were very old. In fact, I didn't even, we hadn't even uh, taken our three girls in yet that, that right. we adopted. So it was just our, our, uh, our firstborn daughter uh, in, in the home with us. And uh, I would get up and have, I mean, a long time, longer than I have now. I would have like an hour and a half, two hours Oof. of just silence in the morning. Yeah. Where I would just often just sit there quietly and I might read a psalm. I might do something else. And then there was a lot of things that God was exposing at that point. I began to kind of think through things. I go, man, I'm really frustrated today. Why am I yeah. frustrated? And I go, no, I'm not really frustrated. That's not right. What's What am I feeling? And I go, well... I'm mad at this person. Why am I mad at them? Well, they said this. Why did that upset me? Oh, it's because I, I felt disrespected by them. Okay, I felt disrespected. Is that what's upsetting me? And I go, no, that doesn't sound right either. You know what it is? Is I really want people to admire me. Mm-hmm. I really want people to only think that I am capable and strong and admirable and that they almost are impressed by me. Mm-hmm. And then I go, well, that's... Is that what you want, God? Yeah. Well, and ultimately what I want is I go, is impressed. This is the way I say it. And I think we have to struggle with this sometimes. I'm not saying there are bad emotions, but I may have motivations that are not God. Right. The motivation to have everyone impressed by me is if I were the son of God himself. Right. That's the brutally honest way I had to say it. I I just want people to think I'm Jesus. Right. I'd really love it if people thought I was Jesus. And uh, I know many people who, who, uh, listen to this probably had that opinion of me as well. <laughs> yeah, really. no, I was like, are you about to say, I know many of you think I am. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Not that they think I am Jesus. No, the that opposite. That they think I think I, you I'm think Jesus. You are. I know, that's why I was laughing. Yo, even in that, there's a way of, I don't even want to say that because that's the great right. fear, right? That right. That's what people think. And I would have to sit in that quiet and say to God the thing I didn't want to say, mm-hmm. which is, God, I, I do kind of I do kind of I want do. people to think I'm Jesus. Yeah. And not like, wow, Jesus really seems through him. Almost like this guy's almost godlike. Yeah. This guy's <laughs> how so, does he do how does he do how what he does? Yeah. But saying it, opening up and saying that, that yes. ultimately creates a closeness between you and God. Because you have I'm allowing him allowed, to meet me in the truth. Right. You're allowing him to meet you in the truth, which he knows the truth anyway. Yes. He's giving you the opportunity to Say the truth in a way that's so loving and so connected to him and that he's not going anywhere. Yes. And it's hard to find those quiet moments to do that, but you have to prioritize You have to figure it. out. And I don't think it has to be an hour and a half, two hours. No. Because even now, now that my life, you know, I've got older daughters and they're getting up earlier and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I don't have the extended, but I still always have about 30 minutes where I'm not required to do anything. Uh-huh. And I'm up before, now I do it before my family gets up and I'm just, I'm quiet with God. I may read a little scripture and then I just, I try to have no inputs. Right. And the one practice that I do that I think is kind of helpful, I got from this book called Holy Noticing. Uh-huh. And the idea of this book, you should read, it's great. It's actually a lot about brain development as a pastor who got really into neuroscience okay. and looked at the way our brains develop, but also spirituality and kind of brought them together. And what he came to is, one, how important controlling your breathing is just okay. in everything. Even therapeutic techniques would tell you, you know, yes. take deep breaths, yes. get very centered in your all of that. 
And he talked about there's this long historical tradition of breath prayers okay. in, in Christian tradition of connecting with God by really focusing on our breathing, being Very, present yes. in this moment. But he takes this acronym for breath, right? Uh -huh. And he kind of walks you through two to five minute prayers on each one of those letters that help you to become present to God in whatever you're feeling. So okay. B-R-E-A-T-H. Like, I had to look at the thing to make sure I spelled it right. That's what you're laughing about. <laughs> I am laughing. Other than the fact that your eyes were like, I'm getting this right. B. Jesus would have spelled it right. <laughs> Just kidding. Probably not. He didn't speak English. I know. Probably not. But let's... So anyway. Uh, anyway. Okay. So the first one is B, B is your body. And so what you do, and this is how I try to do it. I start by just first slowly taking deep breaths in, deep breaths out. Uh-huh. And then I just try to be very present in this moment to what my body is feeling. And I know this is very weird to many people, but I think it's very helpful. Where am I carrying stress in my body? Uh -huh. You know, are my, and what I notice is I carry a lot of stress in my shoulders and my neck. Uh -huh. Like right now, I've just had a stressful day and I can feel it. I have right. tension all down my neck. I carry it in my head too. So you feel it yeah. in your head. You sit And there. my hands. So what I realize is my hands are very, very much something that I either tense or I fidget with, or right. I just, there's always something going on with them. So I actually try when I'm in quiet moments and with God, I just turn my hands upward. It helps me a lot. I just turn them over. I don't like do anything with them. Mm -hmm. I just turn them over instead of having them. Cause when they're turned this, when they're turned downward, I'm often pushing on my legs mm. or doing something. But when I turn upward, they're just dead. It's <laughs> just good. kind of are not happening. Well, that's good. So this might be a place for you to do a prayer posture. Uh -huh. You know, maybe it's it's something where you want to lift your, it, your hands Once up. I do that, I can become aware of the rest of my body because otherwise I'm only aware of my hands. Well, and there then may be things. You may have pain in your body and uh -huh. you before you can move on to anything else, you want to say to God, God, I have this pain. Would you heal this? Yeah. Would you meet me in this? You know, maybe you have a health concern uh -huh. and every time that you start to focus on your body, you you really just bring that to your mind. You say, God, meet me in this. You're not even really asking for anything. You're not, God knows what you want. So you're just trying to say, God, I am thinking about this. If you have a health concern, you're, you may not even be aware how much you're thinking about this health concern, but your right. body is kind of like protecting it, guarding it, right. all that kind of stuff. Or if you're like me and you're a very vain person, you, you know, I suck in my gut more than I would like to admit. Okay. I mean, yes, right. It's, it's okay. not. It's not a it's right. safe place on the it's internet. Safe. It's totally safe. <laughs> no one. No I'll one never can say make any, fun of it. Nothing safe. happens in the comment section. Nothing happens. Yeah. But in that moment, I become aware, and I go, you know, God, I'm sucking in my gut because I really want people to be impressed by me. Yeah. And I'm getting older. Right. And I'm becoming aware that my body. <laughs> and I'm trying to be as vulnerable as I can. My body is not as beautiful as it once was. <laughs> I know, so I'm, I'm laughing too, because I think I the same thing. Like, and I have to say the same, and some of you are like, I don't know that it was ever beautiful. Well, but, but it's okay. My relationship with my body is my not as healthy as it once was, because I think of, I might be nitpick at those things. I carry those or things. Or I care about those things in a way that I did not care about before. And so I sit with those and I say, God, meet me. Let me know yeah. I'm okay. That this is, so that's your body. The second one is R. R. It's your relationships. And for those of you who do our on-mission groups, you're kind of actually aware of this. This is where the group that I lead that kind of came up with this idea of the relational yep. orbit, as we said. Which we, we brought we, up before on here, I think. Yes, we used this prayer technique as the a way of kind of 
originating them. Right. You think of concentric circles of the people who are closest to you and then right. a circle out and then a circle out and a circle out. And you just, once again, you don't pray for those people. And I know that may sound weird. Yeah. You can pray for them at another. And I do. I, I pray, you know, verbal prayers for the people right. in my life. But all I'm doing is I'm bringing before, so in my mind, I sit there and I just bring my wife in my mind, right? Besides Jesus, so she's, she's the closest somebody person. somebody in your orbit. And she's so. the closest person to me. So she's the very first person. And I allow whatever feelings are there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes something comes up and I go, Oh, I'm a I'm a little disappointed by right. something I thought she was gonna do that she didn't do. Or I'm a little frustrated by this. Or man, I'm just so grateful for her. Uh -huh. Or man, I just feel so much joy. Whatever I feel, I bring that before God. Then I think about my kids, I think about my coworkers, mm -hmm. I think about my friends. I, I you know, you go all the way out. Right. Once again, about two to five minutes, you don't have to hit everybody, and you allow whatever those things are within you, that sediment to right. rise to the top. And you kind of hold it before God and you say, is there something there? Mm -hmm. And then you... And you allow him to come in and work yes. on with you whatever may or may not need to be done in that. And often that relational part brings up a lot of complicated feelings. Oh, for sure. Which will be addressed in future ones. But that's why the next part is actually E, which is your environment. Okay. Because you almost kind of... You need a breath from that. So what you do then is you start to... And I remember Jason actually teaching us this... Uh, when he talked about panic attacks of, you know, the five things that you, yes. you, you see, the four things you, you hear or whatever, it. whatever yes. the number is, you start to focus on something external. Yeah. God, where, where are you present here in the noises around me and the things I smell and the things I feel? And the, you're once again, you're just trying to be present in this moment. You're trying not to get freaked out about things in the future that are coming up or trying to go back to some past moment where you got really hurt or whatever. You're trying to just be present. God, Meet me here. Mm -hmm. Then you move from that to A, which I hate. It's it's afflictive emotions. It feels yeah. like emotion should be the E. It does. But this is where, throughout this process, when I've thought about my maybe my insecurities about my body or my fear Things about that health affect concern, you like that, yes. or a relational thing that has come up, right? At some point, something has now risen up, and there probably is some emotion that is afflicting me, yes. like a like like a pain to me, uh -huh. right? I'm well, like if you're frustrated with somebody. Yes, or I'm insecure about something. Yes, the way you respond and react to that person may be yes. different and probably not as God-honoring as it should be because you're wrapped up in that afflictive emotion. So I'll say one that's, I'll say, say one, once again, just be vulnerable here. Okay. That bubbled up for me while I was doing this the other day. I, uh, in my relational one, a person, uh, one of the other teachers, I won't say which one, they can decide, Jason or Ed, which one I'm talking about. One of them had written a sermon, and they sent it, and it was really good. Oh. And I first was like, man, I'm really thankful that was good. And then the second thought I had is, what if everyone thinks they were better than me? <laughs> well. <laughs> what if they all thought he, he was more impressive in his oh, sermon yeah. than I was? So that afflictive emotion starts to rise up. It's insecurity. Yeah. It's... You know, it's, it's not even a negative thing, but at first it's, it feels like a negative thing about that person. Right. I'm, you know, yes. I, and then I go, why am I seeing this brother as a threat to me? This is a brother in Christ. Yes. Why am I thinking of them as a threat to me, uh -huh. right? This is someone I love and I care about. Why does what they do well threaten me? And so then I bring that before God. And I just say, yes. God, I feel threatened. I feel insecure. I feel this. 
you know, and I just hold it for them. I don't even tell them to so do anything with it. you're stating it, you're acknowledging it. I'm you're... just acknowledging it. And then you move to T, which is your thoughts. Thoughts. Right? Your thoughts. And so I start to go, what thoughts are leading me to this afflicting emotion, which is maybe if people really respect and admire this person, somehow that takes away from their respect and admiration for me. And whether that's even true, maybe it does. Yeah. Is my worth based on... What other people think. What other people think about this person. Yes. Or what they even think about me, you know. And then I'm able to go, what is the true thought that I want to hold? Right. Which is, I have value in God's kingdom, and this is a brother I love, and I'm very proud of what they're doing for our church because I think what they're going to say and speak is going to be helpful to people in our mm -hmm. church, and I want to honor that. Which then goes to the H, which is your heart. heart. And it's your will is really what it is. It's you're, you're, you know, so often we think I am my feelings right. or I am my thoughts. But the thing that really is most true about you isn't those two things. It's your will. Right. And we can control both our thoughts and our feelings because yes. based on our will. Yes, that my will can influence that. But what we don't realize is because it's the final part, those other things that are under the surface, they affect what's kind of like an iceberg. They affect what's on the top. Right. And so in that moment in my heart, in my will, I say, what do I want? Well, what I want is I want to love this brother right. and honor him and honor him. I love my church and my brothers and sisters and be helped by this person, right? And so then from that, I just sent a message to that person and just said, hey, this was a, a really great sermon. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Thanks for making this. me look bad. <laughs> I didn't include that part. I'm totally kidding. I, I didn't include it. I just said, hey, thank you. Thanks, no. thanks for writing this, you know. And I tried because I, you knew what you really ultimately wanted, and that's then what you I want. acted on the with the appropriate action to support what you really wanted, and you knew was correct. You because yes. you had spent that time with God, you knew He also wanted that same thing. Yes, and so that quiet time affirmed that for you mm -hmm. and gave you the non-selfish response yes. <laughs> of responding to him that yes. way. And so often we feel guilty for that afflicting emotion. Right. And I feel like, or I feel, I, before I even get to that, I feel bad in my relationship. And see, here's the truth. I was even telling this. Sometimes because I'm insecure about how well this person's doing, that triggers all my body insecurity too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like all of that's a part all of it. All the things. And I don't even realize that. And now I have this negative feeling about a person I love and I don't know where it's coming from. Right. You know, you you run into that person and you're like, oh, you know, oh yeah, I bet you think you're so great. <laughs> you just think you're so great. But you're sucking in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even realize it. And then you run into your kid and they say something that triggers that same insecurity. Yes. And it's been bubbling all day. And then you oh, yeah. vomit on them. And then we just, yeah. That, and that's it, exactly what we don't want to be doing. No. And so, I, but I, I don't think it's possible in the moment to be emotionally present if I haven't practiced being emotionally present At to some God. point in that time. Yes. And so my encouragement to people, be, and this was I not. I mean, you're not going to stop at the, like, say you're feeling all this and, you know, your kid's about to come in and say that thing that's yes. going to push you there. You're not going to go, hold on, I got to do my B-R-E-A-T-H. <laughs> Before is, you come, I got to. <laughs> <laughs> this work is done in advance so that you stay in a constant connection yes. with God so that when these things come up, yes. you know, hey, you might know, hey, I need a minute. Yes. You might be able to stop and say, I need a minute. But you also may know, God, we've already covered some of this. You yes. know how you want me. To, you know how yes. I know how you want me to respond in these scenarios. Yes. And it, 
And this isn't even to say, I mean, I told you a, a an example where it worked out, but you know, I told on the podcast a couple episodes ago how I have a panic attack yes. at the gym. And it really was because I was not being honest with God. And I realized the next day when I did this prayer of, oh, here's what led me to be so overwhelmed in that yes. moment to do that. So this is not to say Nathan's got it all figured out. Oh. It's to say, it's to say, this is a thing I have seen that helps me. And right. when I do it and I do it right, I have noticed myself to be able to be more connected with God and more emotionally present with others, right. um, which is the goal is I want to live life with God and honor others. Yeah. Um, so. And we want to teach that to our kids. And so yeah, we can't point, do it. Goal, yeah. We can't do it ourselves. It's hard for them to see it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to try it. We'll see. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see be what like happens. B-R-E-A-C. What was the E? Is it emotions? Like, no, it's not emotions because emotions no, is A. It's, no, it's the environment. I'll get that one. <laughs> it's like A for effort. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you get an A for effort. For me, I you mean, get just it. You starting get it. with the stillness, is the, changing yes. my prayer life over the last couple of years has been important for that yes. very reason because I am emotional. I am a feeler. And um, not having any quiet, which has been in the past, is has had detrimental impact on yes, things. Yeah. And so knowing that I'm going to have that, every, you know, every day at some point has made a big difference for me. Now, yeah. so, get through the acronym though, I like it. Yeah. So hopefully you guys, whether you try the acronym or not, I think the beauty of it is it kind of shows you how to whittle down well, and just, to the it, things that really matter. And invite God into your yes. emotional, right where you're at emotionally, because he wants to be there. He's there, yes. but you have to be open to what he, to, to, to including him, because he is doing life alongside of us. And yes. we need to know, you know, ourselves, we need to be aware of that and present with him as well. Yes. So we hope you guys try it. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. If you have questions for us or you want to add comments or anything like that, there should be a show note. There should be show notes depending on which platform you're watching. Yeah. And go to YouTube if you can't if you see can't the show notes. If you can't see notes. the show notes, go to YouTube. There's a link in the show notes or there's a link in the show notes for questions, comments, whatever. And we love to hear from you guys. So uh, feel free to click on that. Otherwise, we will see you next time when we'll be talking about some more crazy. Yeah, that's right. Tell All us right. what makes you crazy. All right. Have a great one. Good one. Oh, yeah.